When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 211 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I still remember how scary it was to pick up the phone and make an appointment to see a therapist. Now, I had already trained at this point to be a mental health counselor, and I'd already been to therapy a little bit in college and done some like short-term stuff, but I knew this time was different. I was so much more aware of what I needed and how deep we needed to go. I was a mom of two children at this point, and my youngest was either a newborn or pretty early on in that first year. And I had gone through four years of infertility and I was exhausted and depressed and anxious and pretty much an asshole to be around. Oh, but it was so scary to make that phone call. And I already have a hard time making phone calls anyway, but to actually pick up the phone, I can remember trying to figure out mm, when's the best time where I can probably just be sure that I'll leave a message instead of actually having to talk to a human being. Oh, I can feel it in my body now just even remembering it, but I am so glad I did. You know, everybody that I've talked to has said once they connected with the right therapist for them, they're so glad. And I am one of those people. I feel like making that call was so, so hard. And I have a letter today from someone who's in a place where they appreciate that they need more help. And this person in particular is in a place where they're working with a therapist, um, at least, or somebody weekly with a relationship with food, but they appreciate that they need a higher level of care. And whether you're in a place where you are similar to the letter writer, or maybe like how I was, not working with anyone to support your mental health, but how do you make that next step? What do you do? How do you kind of deal with the like head game, uh, the fears and the anxieties of making those 
connections and finding the support. These are really tough things, but so important. And I'm excited to jump into the nuance. But before we get to this episode's letter and discussing all of it, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. If you experience PCOS, you probably have been told you have to diet in order to treat the condition. I want to let you know that you do not have to diet. I have lots of free resources outside of this podcast. You can get to some of those at juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS. And you can also take a deep dive into ways to navigating non-diet approaches to managing PCOS with my course. You can get to all those details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. I really appreciate you, Love Food listener. I know many of you have been with me for these past 211 plus episodes, and I want to do more in 2020 to help you with your complicated relationship with food. But in order to do that, I need to have you fill out a very quick survey. It's really honestly will take one minute, maybe two minutes max to fill it out. And I really think it'll help me better fine tune. I don't know if that's even the correct grammar, but whatever. It'll help me to just make this podcast better for you, the listener. So get to the listener survey at juliedillonrd.com slash survey. Are you a business owner that would like to advertise on the Love Food Podcast? If you are a social justice informed business owner and fat positive, anti-diet, no diet companies, please, none. I get enough applications from diet companies to advertise on the Love Food Podcast, but that is a hard no. But if you are a fat positive company, you are a fat positive company? Well, I guess if you're a solopreneur, but if you own a company and you are social justice informed with this company design and fat positive, I would love to give you the opportunity to advertise on the Love Food Podcast. To get all the details, go to juliedillonrd.com slash lovefoodsponsor. All right, enough of all of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, my wish every single morning is to just have one day, one day where I do not eat you, enjoy you, and then panic and get rid of you. It has been six years and I have not gone one day without engaging in eating disorder behaviors. I am tired. I am sick. I am 36 years old and have no friends, no children of my own, and almost have no hope that I will be able to stop this terrible cycle. I have osteoporosis, low potassium, anemia, dental problems, low vitamin D, a damaged retina, and many other medical complications from what I do with you every day. It's so weird. I love you. Flavor, texture, the artistry of flavor combinations, the creativity, but I'm terrified of you too. Terrified of what effect you will have on my body. Terrified that I will love you so much that I won't be able to stop. Terrified because I'm using you as a distraction to stop thinking about extensive childhood trauma. I am 36, and our relationship is no longer so helpful. I use you for the wrong reasons. I wish I could use you for nourishment and not as a means of unhealthy coping. I am faced with the need to attend treatment, but I am so scared. We have to meet six times a day. We have to sit together and just be. I have to use you to help heal me, even though currently 
I hate me. You will be my medicine, and hopefully we can become true friends. I am faced with the decision food. Do I go? Do I hope that together we can work through this? Can we do it? Do do I even matter enough to try? Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi. I do know that I can't keep doing this food. I just can't. I need to hear from you that you will be there for me in the right ways, that I can learn to exist with you in a healthy way. I am so ashamed, lonely, and really just desperate to have a new relationship with you. I just need a little hope, a little reassurance that things will get better. I can't see a way out of this now, but Hopefully, with your promise that this is possible, I can be more things than I am now. I can be strong. I can be recovered. I can be a mother. I can be a friend. I live instead of just existing. I can be proud. Love. Wanting to hope for something more. Hey there, brave letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. And I hope that I can help provide some clarity as you're deciding your next best steps. And honestly, you and your team are really going to be the best source of information. But when I read your letter, I recognized that there are so many people who are experiencing a complicated relationship with food that are having a really tough time reaching out for help, no matter what level of care you're at. So even if you're someone who's not in the throes 
of what some people would call an eating disorder and need to maybe go to like a residential treatment, you may be in a place of having a complicated relationship with food and needing to reach out for the first time to a therapist or a dietitian. So I hope this episode helps you just to get some clarity on the next best steps for you. So letter writer, first up, I just have to recognize that you must be exhausted, like so tired from all the years of having this twisted up, tangled, complicated, chaotic way of nourishing yourself. Like we have to eat every day, you know, that's something that we have to do as humans. And wow, to have to face this these complicated questions and to feel all these decisions so many times, yeah, that just has to be so exhausting. And again, for you, the listener, who may have a different kind of place right now, maybe you haven't experienced the type of pathology, um, such a clinical word, I, I apologize, but you know, maybe you haven't experienced the behaviors that this letter writer is describing or you haven't experienced them as long or as frequently, or they haven't affected maybe your your teeth, but still in this place of exhaustion because every time you make an eating decision, which we make at least 200 eating decisions a day, 200 plus, <laughs> yeah, you just must be so tired. So I hope you pull up a chair and rest. You know, if you are folding laundry right now or going to the grocery store. I don't know. I just hope you can sit down and take a take a rest as we sift through these next steps for you. And and really honestly recognizing the fatigue is one really important spot because once we appreciate how exhausting it is, I think we can name that and step back and realize that this doesn't have to be the normal. And also to recognize that this isn't the way that our bodies are designed to experience food. I know it's normal to diet and we don't often talk about in our culture how we start to become really preoccupied with food because of dieting. But honestly, food preoccupation is such a normal experience now that so many people are feeling the same fatigue, but we're just not talking about that part. We're talking about the shiny, happy parts of dieting, or maybe the hangriness, kind of the surface stuff that is sort of like the same thing as talking about the weather, but we're not talking about how we're thinking about all of the macros or the calories or the time that we are burning calories, uh, doing some kind of exercise, we're not really sharing how that is getting in the way with our life and getting in the way with decisions that we make every day and how we know that that is just not what we want to do forever. And you don't have to. So many people listening to this show have found me because of the intuitive eating work I do. And you may be longing to have what intuitive eating describes. If you're new to intuitive eating, it's a book that was written in the mid-90s, but of course is getting this resurgence of popularity because I think we're all starting to appreciate that diets don't work and that we are treating people that are in higher weight bodies like shit and that's not okay. You know, as we're kind of marrying these two ideas, so many of us are longing to have a relationship with food that is more natural and normal which is eating 
in a way that kind of coincides with the rhythms of our life, eating according to hunger and fullness and what feels pleasurable and satisfying, and also not fighting our body anymore. That's what intuitive eating is. But if you're trying to do that kind of quote on your own, you may find it so challenging And maybe you're like the letter writer and you're in the throes of what people would call an eating disorder, or maybe not. Or maybe because you're in a higher weight body, no one would ever call it an eating disorder, but it is. And I have no idea for you, letter writer, what your body size is. And I honestly don't care because you told us all the different experiences that your body is going through, like that is medically compromising your body. So it doesn't matter. But as you're taking these next steps, That does matter in a sense because seeking a higher level of care, which I'm going to describe to you what that means in case for you listener, you may not know what that phrase means, higher level of care. But as you're making a decision on whether or not what type of higher level of care you're, you're going to seek, if you're in a higher weight body, that will change where you probably want to go. Because there are some places that are welcoming to people of all bodies and abilities and gender identities, sexual orientations, you know, those are, they're places that are welcoming to different people, no matter what ethnicity or race they are, but there are other places that aren't. And this letter writer, and I wonder for you listener, if you can relate to this, this letter writer describes a trauma history. So many of us have experienced a trauma and it may be the big traumas that some people think of like murder and rape, but it also could be these smaller traumas of neglect, or it's hard to call this a small trauma, but some people may call our relationship with food or dieting as also a trauma. And for those of you, those listeners who are experiencing, or not not experiencing, but rather connect with a traumatic kind of history with dieting, you're having to like basically go open the door every day and get re-traumatized again because Our world is constantly pushing that trauma as a good thing, a normal thing, or an important thing for health. So so yeah, that complicates like your next steps. So let's talk about that. What is a higher level of care? Well, you know, for somebody who's new to intuitive eating and again is kind of quote, doing it on your own, a higher level of care would look like picking up the phone or emailing a therapist or a dietitian or having a conversation with your doctor. And if you were in that space, especially if you are in a higher weight body or a body that's marginalized, I would encourage you um, to really make sure that you're hand selecting someone, which I appreciate is not accessible for everyone. That's going to take privilege with health insurance, um, living in a location that has access to someone that you would feel like you could connect with and be safe around. But um, I would encourage you to be choosy. And uh, I do have on my show notes for you, a link to dietitians that are eating disorder dietitians. But if you're looking for a therapist, you can also, when you're doing your Googling or however you search, make sure you search for a dietitian that or a therapist that is fat positive or identifies as health at every size and formed. 
Then look at their website and make sure if they're saying that they specialize in eating disorders or intuitive eating, make sure they also don't state that they specialize in weight management or weight loss. That's a really good way to know that that's not a good choice. That's someone who's trying to kind of capture the intuitive eating trend and not really invested in the process of helping people heal their relationship with food and their body. So that's one really big piece of advice for you. So if you are someone who has done that and is maybe more like the letter writer and is like, I need this higher level of care. Um, And when we talk about that type of higher level of care, there are different steps. And I think it's important for us to all be on the same page in case you have no idea what we're talking about. But a higher level of care can mean going from seeing a therapist and or a dietitian once a week to doing an intensive outpatient program that has someone go to treatment for three to five days a week for four or five hours a day, maybe having two or um, two meals and a snack there and doing lots of extra therapy and processing and meeting with a dietitian and, and doing lots of group work. And if that's not a right fit for some people, they need even a higher level of care, which is called um, partial hospitalization, which may look like um, every day going to treatment, but then spending the night at home or in a hotel. And then people also go to residential treatment or inpatient treatment, which are pretty similar. There are some differences, but for the sake of time, residential treatment basically means that you, or inpatient treatment too, basically means that you go and you live somewhere else. And for many people, that means going to a place that states away from your family and is very expensive, especially if you don't have insurance. And um, for many people, it takes at least 60 days And oftentimes people need more like 90 days or even more and 90 days um, of residential treatment and then stepping down to that partial hospitalization and intensive outpatient. And I have worked with many, many people over the last 20 years who have need this higher level of care. It's a really tough space to be in. And every time I talk about it, I have to just appreciate how normal it is for me to think about people going to a higher level of care because I have sat with people in that process. And that can be so not helpful because to me, it's almost like going out and getting a gallon of milk at the grocery store. It's like just another to-do thing that some people will have to do. But we have to really appreciate for you, the letter writer, and anyone listening who's in that space, that this is going to be really disruptive to your life. You know, you may have to take a leave of absence for your job. If you are a primary caregiver, you're going to have to figure out a way to like make sure the people you're caring for get their needs met. And what about them? And what about missing them? And, um, you know, there's just so many different things, but it is something that many people have to do in order to take care of their relationship with food. And I blame our fat phobic culture on why this has become so common. It's really, really a big part of why eating disorder recovery is so incredibly hard for many people in an outpatient level is because so many people are dieting and so many people are fearful of weight gain and being in higher weight bodies that so many people just don't have permission to let their body be however it's gonna be, whether they're gonna be in a higher weight body or not. It doesn't seem to matter, but it does seem even tougher for people to recover in an outpatient level whose bodies are just naturally going to be at a higher weight. And um, so, yeah, I can rant on that for a really long time. But 
just know that that's a big decision. And just like finding a therapist or a dietitian that specializes in helping people using a health at every size approach or a fat positive approach, I also encourage you to make sure if you're looking at higher levels of care, that they do also keep that in mind, that they also are inclusive and accessible to higher weight bodies and queer bodies and bodies that are different in ethnicity and religion and race. That is just so important because I think when someone is framing recovery in a way that is accessible to all bodies or more bodies at least, um, then it's going to be better for everyone's recovery. Everyone, including those of you who are thin, white, cisgender, and um, have access, you know, otherwise, I think having high levels of care that are accessible to everyone does help everyone. All right, so moving on, how do you make the next steps? Like, how do you do it? Or when do you do it? Do you wait from a, a sign from above? And when I have sat with other people in these spaces, what I've come to appreciate is there's never, ever a good time to make the next step, whether it includes a call to seeing a therapist for the first time or to go to residential treatment. You know, there's never, ever a perfect time. So it's important to not wait for the perfect time. I also worry about the waiting, what could happen while waiting, uh, because your life is precious. And I, I know that sounds super cheesy, but I do believe it that, you know, we, you're here for a reason. Um, and I think you are very important and precious. And I think your voice is really important. And I want you to have fuel to have your voice. I, 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 maybe it's the Enneagram four in me, you know, it's something that I think the world needs you for a reason. And I find so much meaning that we all have a place. So, so yeah, anyway, if we wait, I worry about what we're missing out on from you. And also, I appreciate that sometimes we need to wait to have access and things like that. But there is honestly, I've never seen anyone have like the perfect moment when they can go to treatment and they're like, oh, now it's the perfect time. In hindsight, they may say so, but I never had anyone sitting across from me in that process say, now is the right time. And here's another part of this is for many of you who have a complicated relationship with food, Part of that is dieting, restricting, not eating enough in some way, shape, or form, or however you want to call it. And when we're not getting enough nutrition consistently, especially for a long period of time, so those of you who identify as chronic dieters or at diet rock bottom, or those of you who ex would say that you experience anorexia nervosa, any kind of type, or um, restricting in any way, in order to feel motivated, we actually need to be nourished. It's a it's an experience in our brain that we actually need to have enough calories and nourishment um, outside of just calories, even certain nutrients, in order to feel motivated. And so if you're not getting enough nutrition consistently, you're not going to feel motivated. So it's important to not wait until you feel motivated. But if you do feel motivated, I always tell my clients, it's not going to last very long, that motivation, because of how it's tied to, to malnutrition. So whenever you do feel motivated, it's important to really sit with that and let it inform you. So I hope it informs you as well. So I have one more point with it. I don't know who said this quote first, 
But it is a quote that we often hear when people are trying to determine their next steps in their recovery process. And it's, feel the fear and do it anyway. Whoever said that quote first, I want to identify you now as the first person who said it, but I don't know. So I guess we'll be tagging it anonymous. But, you know, when I think about feel the fear and do it anyway, something I sit with often with my clients and what we discuss is the anxiety of making the next step, how scary it is. You know, letter writer, you talk so much about how scary this is to think about sitting with food six times a day and having to just be with it and all the demons it's going to bring up, all the history, the trauma, you're going to have to sit with that. And there's so much truth with it. And if we pause and cause that and call that process an anxiety, I think it's really important to think about that anxiety, you know, the anxiety of taking those steps and the unknown and how scary it is. And here's something else that I appreciate what people have taught me is the space where you're in right now has a level of anxiety too. There's fear, there's the unknown, there's anxiety. So when I say feel the fear and do it anyway, I'm thinking about that part. You know, if you stay where you are right now, you're going to feel anxiety and there's going to be a lot of danger and unknowns. And also if you make the next step, you're going to feel that anxiety too. So it's kind of like, well, you're going to feel that anyway. You're going to experience that scary stuff. So I wonder what it would be like to see if a change eventually was better for you. And I'm a strong proponent for body autonomy. You, listener, get to decide your next step. And I hope, as you're feeling the fear, I hope that you appreciate that your life, you, your voice is so very precious to me and to so many people. And we need you living. We need you giving us what you're here in this world to bring. And I can't wait to hear what comes from that. When you are fueled and you have what you need and you're no longer distracted by fat phobia, by diet culture, and all the shit and muck it brings, we're going to fix so many things in this world. You're not the one that needs to be fixed, though, because your voice is a part of how collectively we're all going to heal. All right. So I see Food has written back. Before we get to Food's letter, be sure to fill out the listener survey. If you have one to two minutes, I would love to find a way to better support you and your intuitive eating Um, experiences and decisions, get to that survey at juliedillonrd.com slash survey. Are you a business that would like to advertise on the Love Food Podcast? I would love to give you the opportunity and keep in mind, you must be a company that is social justice informed, anti-diet, fat positive. Those are for sure musts. Check out all the details on how you can get in early on this opportunity at juliedillonrd.com slash lovefoodsponsor. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. But until next time, take care. Dear wanting something more, we need to rest. This roller coaster has fueled years of shame, distance, and isolation. Your voice is important. You matter. You are so very precious. 
We know you don't feel ready and are very scared. You are so brave. Taking those next steps will be so hard, yet staying here is hard too. Find people to support this treatment that are fat positive, aware of social constructs fighting recovery, and armed to help you advocate for something more. We cannot wait to hear how recovery feels for you. And the world is ready to hear your voice again. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.